1: I hit Temple again at plus two and a half. <laughs> they your, lost by three. Their last play,
3: they no. drew up, Aaron McKee drew up to roll the ball out of bounds and then stumble while they tried to
2: retreat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I lost it by the hook. Cincinnati hasn't played in a month. But I grabbed Utah, Jazz minus eight. Are we live? we live? We're live. we live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to dot com. NFL Best Bet Show Super Bowl LV Edition. Ben, I don't even know. We didn't even discuss who was hosting this show. It's just second nature for me to jump in, but – Generally speaking, and by the way, I'm Dave Lochran with me as always, not as always, but once in a while on different shows, Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski and Ben Rasa at Jazz Raz DFS double Z single Z DFS on Twitter. I didn't even think about it. I just jumped in. So feel free to take the reins. I'm happy to do whatever. I'm just glad to be talking Super Bowl prop bets. I will not be
3: taking the reins. You will be steering the ship. I am excited. To talk uh, Super Bowl props, we have everything, and then some. It's just incredible. I mean, this is the only thing uh, that I can think of. Uh, obviously, with March Madness, you get some fun games to bet, but y- you can bet on literally anything with the Super Bowl. It's the only thing like that. Uh, it's so much fun from from that standpoint.
1: Yeah, and Matt, when you start getting into some of those, uh, you know, offshore books, then you can really bet on anything. You know, you, you want to bet on? I remember what there was a. How many times will Donald Trump tweet? throughout, no retweets included, throughout the Super Bowl. I nailed the under, one with flying colors. There's an edge to be had there, but you ain't getting those on DraftKings and Fandle.
2: No, you won't. You'll find things like national anthem length, everything like that. But, I mean, I was looking at Fandle this morning. They have more props than I can remember even last year. So the market is growing, and there's a lot to discuss.
1: There is. And, Ben, I still remember, it wasn't long ago, it was only a few, a couple of years ago. A matter of fact, it was the Brady- Rams game, the 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 Rams game that scored 16 total points. My best bet ever from the Super Bowl was first pass of the game interception, and Tom Brady comes out. And obviously, it was a massive long shot. Uh, no real reason to bet that other than to have some fun. Nailed it. What's your best bet from the Super Bowl? Do you have anything in mind?
3: No every every Super Bowl is the same for me. It's just fate, trying to pray that the. Patriots and now the butt, like I, I root against Tom Brady uh, obviously when there was the most memorable I did not have it is when the safety was the first points that's another one that was a massive payday uh, with the you know intentional grounding I think that was your boys I don't remember it's all a blur at this point but a lot of the, the best thing about the props for this is there's a million ones that aren't just yes or no over under there's big time odds and if you can get one right you can actually have a big hit
1: Well, hit that thumbs up for us, guys. It helps us a ton. Helps us keep the lights on here so we can keep doing free content. And if you like the free content, you appreciate what we do. Subscribe to the channel because that helps us more than anything. Grateful you guys put us up over 50,000. Now we're marching towards 100K. Might be a little while, but the growth is appreciated and we can't do it without you. All right. So, Matt. We've got a lot of props to get into, a lot of fun ones. I can't wait to talk about the MVP because I think it's a sure thing, in one direction at least, that there is a clear top bet here. We'll get to some of that later. But first, let's kick it off just with the line with the, or with the sides and with the total, starting with Tampa Bay and Kansas City, Super Bowl 55, three-point spread. The Kansas City Chiefs are laying three on the road. Because it's the first home game a team has ever played in the Super Bowl to, to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Is there any real value in betting a, the sides when it comes to the Super Bowl?
2: I think you can get decent action here. As far as the spread in this game, I think it's probably appropriate with as well as Tampa Bay's been playing. If I had to pick a side, it would be Kansas City, just their explosive offense and their defense has actually performed very well of late. But As more and more money comes in this game, it's essentially the most bet game of the year. I think it'll come in pretty close to efficient by the time the game actually kicks off.
1: Yeah, and uh, Ben, I think when you're looking at something like this, you know that the public in the Super Bowl likes to bet the dog. They like to bet the over. Does that give you reason? To wait on a line like this, whereas during the regular season, you might try and hit these earlier in the week because now you're just going to get so much action, so much volume coming in on the Super Bowl, particularly on the spread and on the total. Yeah, there's definitely something to that. This game is just
3: unique, though, just because you're not going to find we're going to speak when we talk about props, the importance of, of odd shopping and using those type of tools. With the spread in the Super Bowl, it's basically just a consensus line out there. Like no matter where you go, you're going to find where you're going to find. And, and the, the line doesn't really react because, you know, it's not going to shift barring serious money coming in. that may maybe it ticks to three and a half later in the week. But all in all, the only value I think is if, you know, you just have a side and you've evaluated that they're, you know, getting value. I don't think the line itself is going to present that much uh, in terms of where it moves and where it starts and where it ends.
1: Do you have a legitimate lean on either side of this
3: one? I mean, I think that the, in theory to me, the Chiefs are just, you know, I think possibly miles better than everybody else. Obviously, Tampa's front has shown they can cause problems. And if there is a weak link, uh, the Chiefs offensive line right now, obviously they're going to be missing some key personnel. And I do respect Tampa's front, not just in stopping the run and getting pressure on Mahomes. So that worries me, but Andy Reid, Mahomes, Everything that you want, the Chiefs have. So it would be kind of, I think, almost foolish to to lean the other way. Not to say that Tampa can't win. I just, on paper, I think the Chiefs are just the better team.
1: What about the total, Matt? It opened uh, higher than it's at now. It got bet down. And again, the public loves betting the over when it comes to the Super Bowl. We've seen that year in and year out. Right now you're sitting at uh, 56. So it actually came down as far as 55 in some spots, opened at 57 and a half. You're an under better. You're all every time I talk to you, you're on the under for every single game. Are you riding the unders 56 on this one as well?
2: Listen, man, I'm a numbers guy. So when I'm building these betting models and it's the case with a lot of props too you see people in the public specifically favor the over in a lot of these spots. It happened in the national championship game. And now we're seeing a lot of player props as well as the total in this game come in elevated. And it's not like both of these teams have poor defenses. Both of them actually excel on defense. I think it comes from people know Tom Brady, they know Mahomes, and they know what they're capable of. So they automatically want to bet the under you had a really good stat earlier this week, though. I can't recall the exact figures. It was some, some enormous percentage of the total bets was coming in on the over, but then the percentage of the money that was coming in on the under was also pretty staggering. Do you recall what that was?
1: Yeah. I pulled that from odd shopper as a matter of fact. And I think both of us were shocked when we did the, the, the first look show on Wednesday, that was like, let me, let me pull it up right here because if I recall correctly, it was like 82% of bets coming in on one side and then, like 75% of the money coming in on another side for this game. I got it pulled up right here, Ben. It was, we'll get Ben's take on this Uh, load for me, baby. All right, here we go. So 80% of 80 and a half percent of bets are coming in on the Kansas city chiefs on the money line, Ben, and it's moved a little bit, but still pretty wild. Only 53% of the money is actually coming in on the Chiefs. So 81% of bets, 53% of the money on the Chiefs' money line this week.
3: Yeah, that's not honestly that surprising. I think that's more the public side, and, and I don't I don't think that's unreasonable. It's not as simple as like, oh, well, the public's there. You just flip it. Like, yes, re- reverse line movement, things of that nature. I don't know if that's applicable here. Maybe more towards the total. I'm also, uh, Lafayette, you know better than most. I love betting unders tend to bet more unders than overs. I I do think this is a situation, though, if you, I will say to take the other side, if you want to bet the over, and this is another stat you've been bringing up during the week, I think you're better off hitting it live. Uh, These games start slow. You've mentioned Tom Brady's Super Bowls have been notoriously slow start. You will probably shave a handful of points off, even if you just wait after the first drive, if they do not score, Uh, if then you can bet the over at at a much better price if you want to go that route.
1: Yeah. And I think Matt, earlier in the week, I'm pretty sure it was like 80% of money coming in on the Chiefs. I think we've seen a, a bit of a shift there over the past couple of days.
2: Yeah. And you said, I remember we talked about the over under in that regard too. And it it mirrored the total or excuse me, it mirrored the Chiefs in that case where a lot of the public money was coming in on the over, but a lot of the total money was coming in actually on the under.
1: Yep. Yeah, so you can check all that out at oddshopper.awesome.com by the way. It's totally free. Let's dive into a little bit of prop action here. Very excited to dive in. We've got so much to get into as well. Um, the first one, we'll talk some receptions here. Just some standard player props, Ben. And we've got a couple of them that I think all of us feel pretty good about, whether it's hitting the over or hammering that under. Uh, Chris Godwin, over five and a half receptions uh, the over is juiced to 125, but I know you really like Chris Godwin this week in this matchup.
3: I, mean, I like every, every week. It's just, I can't quit it. And you know, last game of the year, can't hold anything back now, but the targets are there. Uh, even though he's had some drops and it's been disappointing 28 targets in the playoffs. Uh, that's leading Tampa. Evans is more of a red zone threat. I do think that if Tampa falls behind, which they are slight dogs, they could throw even more in the, if you're getting 10-plus targets for Godwin, I think he should be able to record, record six or more receptions. Uh, the drops have been concerning. It's it's really been a disappointing year in a lot of aspects, but I, I still trust Godwin. I think tr- crunch time, Brady's going to have to look there. Even though AB is back, I, I'm sure he will be busy as well. But to me, Godwin is live to easily eclipse that number.
1: Yeah, Matt, you've got Godwin at five-and-a-half receptions. Mike Evans has clearly been the, the red zone guy that we've seen so much of. Uh, over the past 17, 18 games, however many he's played. Do you like Godwin to hit the over here? And do you expect him once again to be peppered with enough targets for him to get there? Uh, and do you think this is a game really that sees this type of high-volume passing uh, with two, run def- well, two teams, one with a phenomenal run defense, the other that just doesn't have a good run, uh, efficient run game that might have to be forced to throw if they go down early to the Kansas City Chiefs?
2: Yeah, I'm in lockstep with Ben. I like the overall target volume for Chris Godwin. I like that he plays in the slot. Mike Evans has used a little more downfield. If you look at stats like air yards, Mike Evans easily led that by over 3% compared to Chris Godwin. So you're getting lower dot targets, which are a little easier to catch for Godwin as well, which I think just lends itself to the over for his reception total.
1: So I think one of the big questions here, Matt, as is, is we move to the next one is Sammy Watkins, uh, his his uh, prop for receptions is three and a half, overs at one, minus 134. He's expected back, been sidelined for a while. Demarcus Robinson was just elevated from the uh, COVID-19 list. And then you've got guys like Nicole Hartman and someone that you mentioned earlier in the week, Byron Pringle, who is actually seeing a decent amount of opportunity in the past week in the championship game. Is Watkins at three and a half something that you like on either side?
2: It's a really interesting situation with these receivers that are hurt. And we're noticing the same thing with Antonio Brown on the other side. They're basically being priced as if they're going to be playing in part-time in limited roles. Just looking at the projections at Osmo, Sammy Watkins projects over three and a half receptions. Same thing with Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown's is actually more drastic. I think in the Kansas City situation, there's a better chance that Watkins is actually limited. And I don't think it's because of injury. I think it's because of the emergence of Byron Pringle, who played above Demarcus Robinson and even Mikko Hardman, which I was not I was pretty surprised to see. When Sammy Watkins has been healthy, he's been an every down receiver. I think he ultimately returns to that role. But Byron Pringle, his emergence just makes it a little more volatile.
1: Ben, you you have not been nearly as much an advocate of Sammy Watkins this year as our boy Matt and Kyle Dvorak, who throughout the entire season were all over this. Where are you at on Watkins? Yeah, I am
3: not there. This So this is one of the things, the many reasons you can get value in the Super Bowl. If this was a normal game, Sammy Watkins would not have a prop. They would just have him as questionable, and we would just be waiting. But since it's the Super Bowl, he has a line To me, I like the under. I know you mentioned, uh, you know, it's minus 134 to the under. That's still a place that I would go. When Sammy Watkins was playing, first of all, we haven't seen him since week 16, but he wasn't getting a ton of targets anyway. And now you've got Hardman, Robinson, Pringle. These guys, I do think, uh, can work in and, and chip away, even if Watkins isn't limited. Then there's just the question, maybe he's just there as a decoy. Maybe he's, you know, a gadget guy. He gets a couple couple routes here and there, but he's not back in a full capacity. So I think there's a lot of outs. Uh obviously he's still Sammy Watkins and he is an explosive player, but to to see obviously four catches in this game, he's gonna need a sizable target share. So to me, I, I'm gonna just blindly go under here. I think there's a lot of scenarios where he's limited in some capacity, maybe not because of the injury, but just by the makeup of the Chiefs.
1: Ben, back in Week 12, Tyreek Hill had like 18,000 yards in the first quarter against the same Tampa Bay team. He finished with 13 receptions on 15 targets for 269 yards and three touchdowns.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VDW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: His fantasy performance since Jerry Rice dropped like 80 or whatever. Maybe Alvin Kamara's was actually better than his uh, on Christmas day, but for a wide receiver, uh, I can't since I've been playing fantasy or DFS. I don't remember anybody doing anything close to this, at least not getting to this level north of sixty on DraftKings. You know, he is sitting at seven and a half receptions right now for the prop and the uh, the under. I believe, yeah, the under is just at one forty three. I think that's reasonable, like seven and a half receptions is still a lot of receptions. But I guess the big question here, and this is where I'm having trouble. We'll get to Kelsey, who's moved from seven and a half to eight and a half in a moment. But I think the the part where I have some trouble is I don't have any faith whatsoever in Kansas City's ability to run the football. And if they can't run the football against the number one ranked run defense in the league that allowed like 80 rushing yards per game this season. Why not lean on Patrick Mahomes, and if that's the case, he's probably throwing 40 plus times. His passing attempt prop is at 41 and a half in some spots, so where does the ball go, and will there be enough volume for Kelsey and Hill to hit these lofty totals for receptions?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't Kansas City doesn't want to run the ball either. This isn't like ideally they would, but they won't be able to. They don't want to. Uh, they like to throw, they're going to throw. It's tough. I think that line is pretty fair. I'm not going to say I have a strong take because I honestly don't. I, I think the one thing with Tyreek, obviously, we know he's a burner. We know he's explosive. They get him involved in, in numerous ways. He has several pop passes, screen passes, tunnel screens, all that. Those are gold when you're talking about a receptions prop. You get two or three of those. He only needs, you know, four plus receptions downfield, not bombs, but even intermediate routes. So. It's looking at the last two games, you know, eleven targets, nine receptions, ten targets, eight receptions. That shows a lot of his targets are very easy and catchable. I still don't know if I really want to go over seven and a half, though. That's probably a stay away for me.
1: Tyree kills at seven and a half and Kelsey's at eight and a half. Uh the over plus one ten. So there's something if you if you envision Kelsey having a monster game, Matt, maybe you like that. And in the pl- in the postseason alone, we have to consider the fact that one of those games was without Patrick Mahomes for, what, the entirety of the the second half. But he's been targeted double-digit times amazingly in all but one of his last 10 games. Uh, he, he can do it, but eight-and-a-half receptions is a lot, Matt, in any game against any defense.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty easy under for me. He's only eclipsed eight receptions in three games this year. Seeing it juiced towards the under, you know, when you want to compare this to, like, Tyreek Hill and looking at our prop tool we have on Osmo.com. and new this week, as far as I know, but Tyreek Hill's carrying more juice towards the under than Travis Kelsey. And I actually like Travis Kelsey's under quite a bit more than Tyreek Hills. So I think between those two, that's the pretty easy bet for me is just taking Travis Kelsey under eight and a half.
1: We'll get to our top bets, our top props later on in the show. And I think all of us have some pretty solid ones here to feel pretty confident about. Nothing's a lock, but there are a couple that are really strong. First, let's talk about some rushing yards, though. Um, Ben, Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 30 and a half minus 115 to the over. He has a a, a prop right now, seven and a half carries. And I I think Darrell Williams is at like eight and a half. So it's projecting to pretty much be a full out timeshare here against this Tampa Bay defense but maybe they get up early. Maybe they do commit a little bit to running the football. I don't know, but I'm staying away personally from any real rushing props on the Kansas City side. What are you doing?
3: Yeah, it's a tough situation. I'll I'll equate this to what I say on Sundays a lot with, honestly, with Tampa's receivers. You got to get this right twice. There's a real chance that Kansas City can't run the ball at all. Even if they do, then you have to hope it's Edwards alaire and not Darrell Williams. And I don't think that that's a guarantee by any stretch. Now 30 and a half is a pretty reasonable number. If you're going to tell me he has nine, 10 carries, he only needs one chunk play to probably get there. Even if he's falling forward on every other carry. Having said that though, I don't think it's a guarantee he gets to 10 carries. He, he could easily be involved in the passing game. I'm not messing around. The Ve- D- D- Tampa front is just unstoppable. You really don't want to be messing around. I think Andy Reid, who's much smarter than me will devise a way to not have to run straight up the middle.
1: Yeah, Matt, I just I'm really underwhelmed by everything here, not just the fact that I don't think Edwards or Williams get over those pretty underwhelming rushing prop totals. But also, like Ben said, what if one of what if one of them gets off to a decent start, even just a decent start? And Andy re-rides the hot hand, then 30 yards starts to look like a very low amount of yards. Do you have a read on either side of this?
2: I'm with Ben. This isn't one I want to try to predict. If I were to pick between these two, it is going to be Daryl Williams, whose prop is coming in a little lower. He's the back that's actually looked good in certain spots this year. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hasn't looked good in a single occasion, and they've already kind of tipped their hand towards Edwards-Hilaire by signing guys like Le'Veon Bell and keeping Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in a timeshare almost regardless of the situation. So that is certainly not one I'm taking the over on. I would maybe look at the unders, but it's probably just going to be one I stay away from.
1: Here's what I do like, Ben, and maybe I'm crazy for it. But I think when there's a ton of uncertainty surrounding a position, that's when maybe you can take some shots on a long shot. Here's what I mean, right? Ronald Jones is plus 275 to finish as the highest rusher on the day. Last game in the championship win over the Green Bay Packers, Ronald Jones had actually outcarried Leonard Fournette. 10-9, to granted, but – Still, we've also seen the one weakness defensively for for Kansas City is that run defense. So when I take all of that, put it together, and also factor in that Ronald Jones all season long was the primary back. Leonard Fournette is your third down back. Ronald Jones has essentially been phased out of the passing game altogether. But if he gets off to a decent start, you know Tampa's going to want to look to run the ball to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And if that's the case – Plus 275, I could see Ronald Jones after finally, in my opinion, getting healthy. And I know, you're tired of me hearing me talk about Ronald Jones because it hasn't been right. But the volume has at least been there. Forget about the snap counts. The carries have been there. I think plus 275 at a position on both sides where there's literally zero certainty of who's going to get the football and we've seen him do it before is a nice little bet that you could wager a small amount on and potentially hit out uh, nicely at the end of the game. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I see where you're
3: going. There is uncertainty. And and with any of these guys, one of the four, I would venture to say, you know, whoever breaks the longest run obviously probably gets there. And to me, that's somewhat random. Ronald Jones is going to have carries in this game. How many? I don't know. Uh, you know, Arians to me is too flippant. Like, all it takes is one fumble. Fournette fumbles or drops a pass early, like Ronald Jones could have 15 carries. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. It's not likely. But it is possible they ride the hot hand. So if you're gonna do it, I would definitely go on the Tampa side. To me, one of the Tampa backs is, is much more likely to eclipse everybody rushing than one of the Chiefs guys. I would be pretty not stunned, but I think they come in more towards their prop where one of the Tampa guys could exceed their prop by by a pretty wide margin.
1: Sure. And for me, it's it's more so just the the notion that Ronald Jones is at plus two seventy-five. Yeah. And Fournette's at plus 175, so I think there's a little bit of value there. Matt, are there any running back props in this game that you do like?
2: Honestly, they're not coming in the run game. I like a couple of their overs in receptions. Otherwise, the actual rushing props don't interest me too much, which is kind of interesting to say about the runners in the game specifically that I would rather target them in the pass game.
1: What about Tom Brady? half a a rushing yard i I know we threw ben ben threw this in there and i think it's a really interesting one to discuss (laughs) the under is minus 200 he's if they're at the one yard line a qb sneak for a yard is happening on fourth down a qb sneak for a yard is happening but what if tampa bay goes up at the end of this game and you yep. get a couple kneel downs from Tom Brady. That's my concern because Tom Brady isn't gonna have 10 rushing yards and then kneel and lose a couple. He's gonna have one rushing yard and kneel and lose a couple. So that's my one concern with this one, Matt. It seems appealing on the surface. And 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 if you're betting the over here, it's they're so like, okay, maybe that's but I don't know, I don't know if you get there.
2: I think you can look at the over more or less just as the fun play. And because it's so juiced towards the under, if you bet it at all, honestly, if you're trying to make money, this is probably when you stay away from, if you're just hoping you for like a fun play a Tom Brady rush or something like that, then this is when I think you bet the over on specifically, as far as where he sees his rushing production, you're not going to get 10 yards on either side It's basically going to be either Tom Brady gets a couple of those sneaks or he takes kneel downs at the end of the game with the line where it is. It doesn't suggest that Tampa Bay is going to be leading this game or winning. So I think the more likely situation is he finishes with one rushing yard compared to, you know, a negative total. But again, if he doesn't rush at all, you lose this bet.
1: Ben, what about
3: you? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it could be a quick death or it could be you You think you're good. Rarely with props do you clear it and then you're still sweating. Like he could have a, a yard early in this game and then you're you're sweating it. I think it's kind of interesting. I want to throw this back to you guys. What do you think the chances are that if he gains a yard, it's because he scores? Like you could go the other route and, and use Tom Brady for like any time. Touchdown score, or first touchdown score and hope that that sneak is on the goal line and then you're in if he does it you're good it doesn't matter about the kneel downs
1: well if it's fourth and inches you're probably getting a brady sneak right and if it's goal to go in inches matt you're probably getting a tom brady sneak maybe maybe it's not a certainty right but it feels like that would be the spot that they would look to get him the ball and maybe into the end zone you can answer this matt i don't have a good answer for it whatsoever all i would say is that if if Brady does get, gain a yard, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him score, but I don't know the percentages on that.
2: Oh, it's, it's low. It's low for sure. But, I mean, you're correlating your bets, and you're correlating two already unlikely bets. This is just one you're looking for for a big payoff if it hits. Otherwise, like, the Brady rushing prop is just one to take for fun if you want to take it at all.
1: I would say this, though, right? Like, the only Brady rushing yards would come on fourth and short or on a goal to go situation, right? Like, can you think of any other iteration of this game where Brady takes off?
2: Scramble. If just like he has scrambled before, it doesn't happen uh, often. Twice? That, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, the coverage just breaks down in the pocket and he just goes forward. I think it's more likely he throws those away, but it has happened.
3: What, what are the chances he hits the 100 yard rushing bonus? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unlikely. <laughs> One of one of the favorite props to talk about, Ben, when it comes to the Super Bowl, and you can get this in any game, but for this one, I think it's it's an interesting one just due to how many great players are in this game alone. It's first touchdown score. And you've got Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, both at plus 500. Then you've got Fournette and Evans at plus 900. And then you just start getting the Godwins, the Clyde edwards Alaires, the Daryl Williams, the Antonio Browns, so on and so forth. Is there any legitimacy to saying, you know what, let me take some stabs at one of these guys with super long odds, a Ronald Jones at plus 1,400, a Cameron Brait at plus 1,600, or is this just a sucker's bet on all fronts?
3: I mean, I think, again, this speaks to you got to shop because you're going to find some different lines out there potentially. To me, you want to have a plan. It's almost like a showdown mentality. Okay, where? what's the line? Like you don't want to take – Justin, someone who's not going to even be on the field, but saying like, okay, I think Tampa scores first. Well, if you think that, that that's a big help because all the Chiefs are favorites. So someone like Antonio Brown, 14 to one. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, you know, obviously Mike Evans is probably the most likely pass catcher of a touchdown, but they get AB involved. Maybe he gets a deep shot. Maybe he gets integrated around the goal line. You got You got Tommy Terrific, the sneak man at 20 to one, if you want to go back to what we were just talking about. I don't think that's the move, but uh, it's more, okay, do you think that Tampa can score first? I don't think I'm going to go to Kelsey or Tyree Kill. The odds just don't add up.
2: What about you, Matt? It's definitely not Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill. There's just no value there. There's a 50% chance the Tampa Bay Buccaneers receive this kick, and all of their main weapons are better values, again, just for first touch on score. So that's where I would go if it's anyone looking at Godwin, Evans, if you want to get crazy, one of the rushers, but that's probably where it will be.
1: Yeah. So the implied odds on Travis Kelsey getting the first touchdown are 16.7%. Yeah, that's
2: not a little high. Close.
1: It's a little bit high. I mean, if you take someone like Cameron Brait, it's 6%. It might be a 6% chance that, that Cameron Bright can score them. I, the first what about touchdown. Sammy Watkins? So what are what are the implied? Okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm not even going to be uh, on the field. Don't worry about of course, it. <laughs> of course you would ask this question. Let me see. So Sammy Watkins is – what are the odds? Plus 1,800. So that is – Like four something. 5.2. Yeah.
2: Kyle's here in spirit, man.
1: No. 5.2% chance. There you have it. Deep. I need to just ride Ronald Jones is what I'm thinking. Like, when it, I've been burned by Ronald Jones so many times that – this is where it all culminates, Matt. And this is the Ronald Jones game of the century. And I'm going to be there for it.
2: And who's the player in this game that you've lost the most money on for Lafayette? I feel like it's Ronald Jones. For no me, doubt it's easily about it. Sammy Watkins.
1: Yeah, I can tell you who
3: Benz is. It's Chris Godwin. It's not yet. Yeah, it's Chris Godwin. And that's dating back to Penn State. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a long, long legacy. It, it's not even close. Mike Evans, Probably a, a second, but that's more by not rostering him. Um Yeah. Do you find it interesting? Last thing I wanted to talk about here, that Gronk is only eleven like Gronk has been playing clearly behind Braid. I, I know he's gotten some looks.
2: necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
0: plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's
2: IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get
1: the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you got-
0: Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.
3: 16 to 1 was a little surprising. I thought those would be flipped.
2: Go ahead, Matt. In the last game, I know the targets have been there for break, but Gronk ran more routes and saw more targets. Excuse me, not more targets. He ran more routes and played more snaps. I honestly think this is just a public perception thing because you're right, Braid has absolutely played better. He's seen more just raw looks and he's looked better on the field in receiving situations. People know who Gronk is. When you get casuals in the lobby, they know who Gronk is. They don't know who Braid is. I think it's just absolutely. comes down to that. Yeah. And
1: it's not just perception based on who 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 he is, it's perception based on what they remembering what would they remember him doing in big games as well. Right. Like in that second half of the Super Bowl against the Eagles, Gronkowski went insane. Uh, he's just done a lot of memorable things on the field where Cameron Braid, unless you're either a Tampa fan or just big football fans like the three of us are, you have, no, you have no idea. Like there's there. If Cameron Brait scores in this game, there are going to be plenty of people that go Ooh. who's Cameron Brait. So uh, I, I think that's what it comes down to. This is usually a bet though, Matt, you talked about betting certain spots for fun. If I'm betting a spot for fun, just giving myself a chance for a big payout, first touchdown score fine but you're not going into this with any confidence that your bet actually makes sense now can you get decent value can you say you know what there's a better than four percent chance that so and so player is is going to score the first touchdown sure but you know you're still putting yourself in a pretty tough position
2: yeah I think you're absolutely right on that it's not there are a lot of these bets that I will just be taking for fun the Brady ones like this the, this particular first touchdown score is like this. Even some of the MVP bets, most of those are priced efficiently. Where I basically just play those for fun if I play them at all.
1: So that's where I disagree with you a little bit. Let's get into this because this is my this is my favorite part uh, of the show and really of, of the of the Super Bowl because I think there's so much to break down here when it comes to the MVP Ben. And, and here's what I mean: since the turn of the century, since two, year two thousand, we've had twenty one Super Bowls. 13 of the MVPs have been quarterbacks, four have been wide receivers, and four have been defensive players, a couple linebackers and a couple DBs. Now, let's let's take this one step further. Let's keep unpeeling or peeling this onion. The quarterbacks in this game are not Jared Goff and, you know, name Brent another Dilfer. like and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? <laughs> this is Patrick Mahomes and tom brady the goat and as people say mini goat i think the only way a non-quarterback wins this is if kelsey has like 180 and three and, and maybe that's slight hyperbole but i really don't see last year uh, damian williams should have won the mvp many people would agree with me on that but he didn't it's patrick mahomes this is a biased award and the votes happen almost instantaneously after the game is over. There is no real true deliberation process here outside of a bunch of people like us saying, here's who I think should win. So I think if you're not confident betting the money line or the or sides here, I would say just take the quarterback for MVP of the team that you think is going to win. You think Tampa Bay is going to win? Bet Brady at plus 210. If you think Mahomes is going to win, I've seen him at uh, minus 105 in some sides. That's better than betting the Kansas City money line. I feel that confident that a quarterback is going to win the MVP based on who they are and based on the style of offense. By the way, a running back has not won the MVP since the turn of the century. So there's my spiel, Ben. What are your thoughts on the MVP? Is there any value on non-quarterbacks? Not really. Um, So what you said,
3: I'm totally in line. You're really just evaluating, is it worth it to – Reduce the juice a little bit uh, and, and open yourself up where the Chiefs win the game and you lose and you like the Chiefs, but you went with Mahomes and something happened in an atypical way. Now, if you're going to get, if it's 165 and 105, yeah, that's a pretty nice margin. If it's like 155 and minus 130 for Mahomes, I would rather just take the Chiefs' money line. I, I do think there are scenarios particularly weird games, you're going to need a low scoring game or, or something odd to happen. I kind of think that Travis Kelsey is honestly boxed out of the MVP because you just mentioned like 10, 180 and three. Yeah, that's absolutely massive. There's also a chance that Mahomes has like seven touchdowns.
1: Exactly. Like if Kelsey has 10 for 180 and three, what does that mean happened with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, well, right. He
3: has 180 and three to start. That means So like <laughs> what else did he do?
1: Right, like Tyreek Hill in week twelve probably would have won the MVP if that was the Super Bowl, Matt. But I think you're gonna need an astronomical performance here. Now on DraftKings, you can get Patrick Mahomes at minus 106, money line at minus 159 on Kansas City. So there's a bit that's, of a difference. Yeah, there.
2: that's not terrible. I mean, if you can get those odds maybe you take a look at it, but ultimately it's, it's not that I don't think Mahomes is going to win MVP or Brady being the second, most likely it's, I think that these are priced efficiently and you can get better value on other props on maybe some more obscure ones, or maybe basically just looking at the overall line in the game.
1: Are there any other alternative MVPs that might stand out to you? Cause you know, exactly where I stand on this. I, I will be betting. Uh, I, I still don't Ronald Jones. <laughs> I still don't know. I still don't know which MVP or quarterback I'll be betting because I still got to do a little bit more homework here. Wait until uh, we get a little bit closer to game day, so probably tomorrow. But I, I will be gra- I will be taking a quarterback to win MVP. Do you see any value in other players?
2: Not really. I think like the, the the defensive players, you have to predict who it's going to be, and there's so many different ways. Like a defensive player can get there, and most recently, it's been linebackers who have won this award but I don't think linebackers the most likely, I guess, you know, Von Miller's technically listed as a linebacker. He's not a linebacker. He's an edge rusher. I think if someone were to like intercept two passes, take one for a score, maybe they could win it, but that's super unlikely and not something I'm willing to bet.
1: Yeah. Right. And if you're going to do that, it's going to be very difficult to bet any defensive players from the Tampa Bay side because Patrick Mahomes so seldomly throws interceptions, Matt.
2: Exactly. I mean, are, and you, are you going to take a Chiefs defender? Some of the players on the Chiefs that have the best odds here, I guess I should say most likely to win this, are Tyron Matthew. I mean, he's really the only one I see near the top of the list, too. I, I guess maybe you could take a shot on him, but I don't like that.
1: Yeah. Implied odds on Brady are around 33%, Ben, and I'm okay with that. If If Tampa Bay wins... I feel almost certain and I'm sure I'll come back to eat my words but I think my my reasoning and logic is sound here. I feel almost certain that Brady wins it and one other reason for that we'll see if you have any value for MVP is Brady spreads the ball around a lot. That's why Godwin has crushed us this year. That's why guys like Evans have burned us and, and 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 Gronk and Brown, because you can go to Evans, you can go to Fournette, we'll get to him, you can go to Godwin, you could go to Brown, you could go to Gronkowski, you can go to Cameron Bray. There's so you could go to Scotty Miller. Like there's so many different options on this team that uh, I think it'd be very they'd be hard pressed to win the MVP based on just the, the expected volume. Oh no, no doubt. Listen, I
3: mean, if Tampa wins, Brady is most likely going to be the MVP again. You're just evaluating if you like Tampa and you get that right, you're getting a nice little little payday on the money line at plus money. Is it worth it to try to steal a little more than plus one forty five and open yourself up potentially? I, I don't know the answer. Now there are guys like like Shaq Barrett. I get, like I do think the way if if for some reason a defensive player is going to win this. I think it's more likely they get it by like a strip sack touchdown than multiple interceptions. I would, especially with Kansas city's line, that's the one unknown. I think there's a chance a very outside chance that somebody on Tampa could really cause problems in terms of pressure. But as Matt said, you got to pick, it could just be like JPP. It could be someone I don't even know exists. It's not like a guarantee that it's Shaq Barrett or Devin white. So you're really it's a really tough ask. It's not like you get all the defensive players, and you're just betting defensive player wins MVP. That's a different type of bet.
1: What do you think the likelihood is that a non-quarterback wins?
3: I don't know, like thirty percent.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that that's higher than I would think. Okay. But that's everybody
3: besides. Like, that's just saying, it's like the field. Yeah, yeah, the field. Maybe a Probably. little less than that. I don't know. I should have made Matt go first.
2: What were you I, was gonna, I was gonna say twenty-five. I okay, put yeah. it at
1: one, one no. <laughs> yeah, percent. A... No, no, I, w- I wouldn't. But I would say, given who these quarterbacks are, given the circumstances, and given the expected pass-heavy approach, and given that Patrick Mahomes very rarely throws interceptions, I would I would put it probably like, and this is probably fifteen twenty percent. But I, I don't know. Those are just. Arbitrary numbers that are coming out of my mouth than all of ours right now. (laughs) I
3: mean, you are right though. Like I know what you're what you're saying is that obviously Mahomes or Brady plays fantastic and they deserve the MVP. They're going to get it. If they don't deserve the MVP, they still might get it. They have that secondary out. Whereas for Kelsey and Hill, those guys, they would need to do something so spectacular because if it's even close, it's going to the quarterback.
1: If this was a computer generated award, Ben, right, and not an award based on people voting for someone. If, for example, Tom Brady in his first year with a different team after being with another one for two plus decades, getting to the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, the first ever home game played by a team in the Super Bowl. Come on. Like he's winning it. If he doesn't, I would be shocked. That, I, of course, he has to win. And Patrick Mahomes last year, Ben, he did not have a spectacular game, and he still won it. So that's where I'm at. I think I've said enough. Any other thoughts on MVPs, Matt?
2: I don't think so. I think you take it for fun if you want to see a particular player win it. Otherwise, these typically are pretty efficiently priced.
1: All right. So now let's have some fun. We got a little cross-sport prop action. I'm going to toss this right over to you guys, and here's why. Because uh, there are the, here, Iowa total points. Ben, what is, this? what is this prop right here? We got Iowa total points. They're playing Indiana. Or Mike Evans receiving yards. This is your guy's wheelhouse. Hit me.
3: Yeah, this is so. There's a million of these. You can find them. Uh, I just dropped you a list, Laffy. But this is one that caught my eye. So basically, for people who are unfamiliar with cross sport props, you're you're evaluating two totally different things. So the one that I had my. And by the eye way, on, they're
1: incredibly fun for the Super Bowl. So much fun. So this is
3: Iowa in college basketball. The total points they score versus Indiana on Saturday, and I'm laying 15 and a half points over the amount of receiving yards that Mike. Evans have so if Mike Evans has 70 yards I need Iowa to score more than 85 and a half points Uh, I like Iowa in that game they looked horrible last night me and Matt in in short time we'll be talking uh, about Ohio State College basketball as we unveil our new show they're very very good I do think that Iowa responds and plays better particularly offensively I also kind of like Mike Evans under in terms of his receiving yards. I know the A dot is there, but he's, again, more of a red zone threat. The targets haven't been even close to what Godwin is getting. So I think there's a lot of ways where he has a middling game. If that's the case and Iowa only needs 65, 70 points, I think they clear that with ease. Uh, There's a million props, though. If you like soccer, golf, NBA, uh, anything that you want, you can find on the cross-sport prop market.
1: It's so fun, Matt. Does, there, does anything stand out to you here? Because for me, every year, I go straight to NBA basketball, player props, cross sport with the the, the Super Bowl. And it's one of my favorite ways to get action on, on Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I, I really like this idea, too. It's not something I've explored in the past, but I have a college basketball betting model. These lines aren't out yet because the, this Iowa game's on Sunday, so you're not going to find a line on it. But I can project it right here. It's giving me Iowa minus one and a half. They're the road team, so they're not laying quite as many points against Indiana. And it's projecting a total of 151, so that gives Iowa about a 76 to 77 implied team total. Right now, Osmo has Mike Evans projected for 66 receiving yards. So just comparing those two totals, it would give pretty good value on Mike Evans here. And basically anything he does above that, Iowa just doesn't really have, like, A Ceiling to score 100 points in most college basketball games, they'll probably end up right around that total, whereas Mike Evans does have a lot more variance in his projection. So if he were to come in with 100 yards, there's almost no chance that Iowa scores 115.
1: And if you guys are somewhat new to sports betting, you dabble, but you don't get into it much, you've never done cross sports bets, just be careful when you're reading these props because some of them are a lot more extreme than you'll see on the surface. You might see Brooklyn Nets plus Sixers points, versus Tom Brady passing yards, right? And you say, oh, well, that's easy. But Tom Brady passing yards is minus 57 and a half. So uh, always be careful of what that line is, not just the matchup. Now, one that I like, Ben, is Joel Embiid, who seems to be okay after that knee. Joel Embiid, I don't actually – I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play, but if he does, it's against the Brooklyn Nets. This defense of the Brooklyn (laughs) Nets right now is absolute – it's a travesty, okay? It is so bad right now. And there's no way decrepit old DeAndre Jordan is going to be able to slow Joel Embiid down in the post. He's knocking shots down from everywhere. He just had 31 points in the first half. Joel Embiid points, minus one and a half versus Tampa Bay points. I think this is a high-scoring Super Bowl, but not egregious. I don't think if in, I don't see this being a 41 to 40. I see this being a you know, 28 to 24 type of game. And if that's the case, Joel Embiid's been pumping out 30 plus points every single game. I love it here. I think he gets this, uh, taking Joel Embiid minus one and a half against the Tampa Bay points.
3: Yeah, the Nets, uh, they did hold the Clippers to like 130, which for them <laughs> is an improvement. But, uh, you know, the good thing about a prop like this is what Matt just talked about with mine. If Tampa has a big game. Joel Embiid could score 45. Like you're not dead. Whereas like I, there are there are limits to how much a team can score. Like it's just not possible uh, to to eclipse certain numbers. Whereas with this, both Embiid and Tampa, they have a reasonable range of outcomes where you know you could get an explosion game and it still gives you a glimmer of hope. Obviously, you're not hoping for that Embiid would need like 40 points, but say he did, uh, he can do that. It's not impossible. Whereas some of these others, it's either you're going to hit it or you're completely
1: dead. What do you guys think, Matt? Are you an NBA guy?
2: No, I do strictly college basketball. I, I like NBA. I just don't have time for it, man.
1: Okay. Let me, yeah, I hear you. Let me, let me ask Ben about this one because it's kind of fun. The Philadelphia and Brooklyn points we talked about, that's a Saturday game, by the way, uh, versus Brady passing yards, minus 57 and a half. The last few games we've seen in Brooklyn, I think a couple went to, no, not all of them. These did not go to OT. 244 total (laughs) points, 295 total points in regulation, 272, 260. That's their last four games. Only one of them went to overtime and that was the 260. So Tom Brady, let's assume this total is going to be at like, I think it's going to be around 241. Probably that sound about right to you. For the uh, Philly, and- yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's that would so mean that Brady. You're getting. You'd need to have around what? You're you're good at math. Like 300 yards. Yeah, around 300 yards. What do you think?
3: Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I tend to go with the NBA. The Brooklyn. Listen, Brooklyn. Uh, I don't see many ways where they can hold teams. Like you got to worry about a blowout, but the, obviously the Sixers are good, so I think that mitigates that part of it. They can't play defense. They don't want to play defense. Even when they try to play defense, uh, that's another show for another time. And then the question is, like, if the Chiefs roll them, how, much, how many yards can Brady rack up? Like, is, is he really going to go nuts? Um, obviously, if you if you do bet this, you're rooting for Tampa to win the game and slow the tempo. You don't want Brady to throw the ball 50 times.
1: Matt, I know you're not an NBA guy, but on the Brady side of this one, I think here's a question that needs answering because this can kind of shape the foundation of how we look at this game and how we approach some of our betting. So before we take these tickets to the window, are you – or go to the window to get these tickets. We can talk about cashing them later. Are you looking at this as a potential game where the Tampa Bay Bucks could in fact slow it down and actually do some damage on the ground with the run game – to keep Mahomes off the field? Like, is this something? It's obviously possible, but do you think it's a realistic scenario that we could definitely see play out?
2: It's probably a little more likely than people are giving it credit for. I won't say this is the most likely outcome. Ben mentioned at the beginning of the show that Patrick Mahomes is down two starting offensive linemen and two of his better offensive linemen at that. That's a huge mismatch for Tampa Bay up front. So they can create pressure and then maybe cause a turnover or have a three and out early in this game and get a lead, that is something I think we could see. You mentioned the the discrepancy on the other side. The best matchup for Tampa Bay comes on their run game facing a poor Kansas City run defense. I think that is possible, probably a little more likely than the public thinks, but I still won't say it's the most likely outcome.
1: And guys, let us know in the comments what your favorite props are, your favorite bets for Super Bowl 55. We read all of the comments, and I try to respond to them. Uh so yeah, let us know what your favorite props are. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel while you're at it as well. It's time for some novelty props here. Matt, the fun one that every every single season we try to like we become internet sleuths, right? And Ben and I, I feel like every other day there's something that we're trying to sleuth on the internet. It's tough to tell what it is, but there's always something going on. Everyone tries to figure out what the color of the gay raid is gonna be, what it's been in the past, and generally. Very tough to get it right. But you'll actually see these odds move and shift a ton in the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. Right now, orange and red, neck and neck, plus 160 and plus 165, respectively.
2: I just take my favorite color, basically, or the most popular Gatorade flavors that, you know, like you see a lot of orange and red at the grocery store. This is not one I'm definitely going to bet. But I think a popular one you want to take a long shot on that people like is definitely blue.
3: What is your favorite color?
2: Dude, I'm red, green, colorblind. So I honestly, the red and the greens are hard for me. Because I if I bet either one of them, I don't know if I won or not.
1: What a loser. Dude, imagine
2: imagine that. You bet red. You see it get poured out. You don't know if it's red or
1: green. (laughs) The (laughs) The
2: ultimate sweat. Like, did I win? You have no idea.
1: Wait, but if it... So red looks like green to you? Yeah, man. And green looks like red?
2: They look like the same thing.
1: Oh, okay. So... So I was gonna say, don't, wouldn't you just know it's the opposite?
2: But no, you don't. no, they literally look like the same thing. I cannot distinguish. See this. By seems... the way,
1: you're not a loser. I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> Stuff like this freaks me out. Like this is how you get into like lofty land where it's like, but how do you know what green looks like if you don't know what it looks like? I can't handle conversation. This gives me anxiety.
1: Into lofty land.
3: Yeah. Well, that's you're always sending me YouTube videos of these like wormholes uh well why free will
1: is not real it's true there's no such thing does not exist free will is a sham it's a lie and everything is predetermined you don't live a life that you think you're actually living have. that's for for another time anyway ben uh, i know you've dug into this 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 gatorade if it were me i say the best lemon uh best gatorade flavor is lemon lime and it's not even close but it's never lemon lime
3: no it's not uh that's it's the best
1: that's a, flavor for sure. That's You're a like mild,
3: mildly extreme take by you. Um, I'm going like go, yeah, go to <laughs> yeah, go with orange. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with orange. Listen, the Chiefs won it last year and it was orange. I think teams are actually pretty superstitious. So if the Chiefs win, I expect it to be orange again. Everybody thought it was going to be purple last year for Kobe. Purple's 13 to 1. That seems extremely unlikely. So uh yeah i mean novelty props they got everything under the sun i don't mess around with the anthem i certainly don't mess around with the coin toss maybe i'll bet the gatorade though
1: i forgot that everyone thought it was going to be that's right what color was it it wasn't purple no it was orange it was orange okay yeah
3: so i i think the chiefs will probably stick with orange don't you
1: i i think that's actually a pretty decent call assuming they win and if the bucks win i don't know they are orange so maybe that's the strong bet. Plus 160.
2: Did you guys watch the Wisconsin bowl game where they were advertising that they were going to dump mayonnaise on the coach? Cause it was some mayonnaise bowl.
1: No, I'm and then they, they lied did
2: and didn't do it. Really? Yeah. There was, I mean, everyone was anticipating the Mayo dump.
1: That's awesome. Did you watch I, like in anticipation for it?
2: Yes. And I hate watching Wisconsin.
1: Would you watch on your computer?
3: Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you hate Wisconsin. What What are you wearing there? Got a nice, nice Wisco sweatshirt on, though. Um,
2: I, w- I went there, so that's why I have this. But I yeah, adopt- I- their sports are unbearable.
3: I'm sure they said that because they knew there was no chance that they were going to win a bowl game because they can't score any points. But uh, somehow, some way, I bet that game. By the way, and they so were. What down- are the
2: chances that this is mayonnaise that comes out?
1: May- mayonnaise. That's uh, unlisted. So here's one: Tom Brady must be shown screaming at his teammates. What quarter will Tom Brady throw a sideline tantrum? Uh, So basically it's just a yes or no. Yes minus 150. No plus 110.
2: I don't like taking these props because who is evaluating what is a tantrum?
3: So arbitrary.
2: It really is. So I feel like you could lose that bet. And maybe what you thought is a tantrum just isn't graded out as one. So I, I don't know how they're judging it.
3: What about this? This actually seems like there could be some value. Will it rain on the field during the game? Yes, is 190. Uh, but I just assumed that it was, go- like, if it's going to rain, it's going to rain. Like, you can just check the forecast.
1: Everything I was seeing showed that it was going to clear up. What okay, were- so maybe no, plus 145, no rain. Okay, maybe we need to talk to uh, one of our DFS meteorologists out there. Well, any player wear a MAGA hat on the field? <laughs> I mean that's just a really d- that's just dumb. In all seriousness, minus 6000 6, if if you had a couple million dollars just just throw it on there and make a couple quick th- why would any why would anyone do that in risk like it just a, nobody's wearing a political hat. No one's wearing a a Biden Harris hat. No one's wearing a Bernie hat. Come on. It's not happening.
3: It's not enough. this is for you Lafayette. what will the price of Doge be at kickoff of the Super Bowl over three and a half cents um minus one forty it's amazing the kind of stuff that you can you can bet for the Super Bowl
1: Doge is at four and a half cents right now but it is a super volatile shit coin with zero <laughs> utility so I would say there's support around there's support around thirty three three point 3 cents, Ben. So I would say I don't have a good answer for that. I'm not I'm not betting on a coin that is just flat out garbage. But I will bet on this. Time for our top bets, our top props. For Super Bowl Fifty Five, and be sure to go to dot com for everything is as far as betting goes. To shop odds, to check out all the matchups, where the money's coming in, you name it, we got you covered. It's all free. You can track your bets. You can get alerts for when a bet comes through and ch- and the odds change in your favor. You name it, we got you. dot com. All right, it's time for our top props for the Super Bowl. What do you have, Matt?
2: My top prop is going to be Antonio Brown over three and a half receptions. This is priced as if Antonio Brown is going to play in limited fashion. This game, he was upgraded to a full practice yesterday. All indications are he's going to play and a full practice indicates that me that he must be close to at least somewhat close to full health. If that's the case, Antonio Brown, three and a half receptions. I'll take that all day.
1: All right, Ben, what do you have? Ben's top prop for Super Bowl 55. Top
3: prop. I will say, if you want a complete breakdown of the props, me and Josh Engelman did a video this morning that will be posted, get into all of these and more. But my top prop, we've talked about it a little. I really believe that Sammy Watkins is not going to be a focal point of this Chiefs offense. I think he plays But these other guys that have stepped up during his absence, which has been significant, I think stays. So he could get some run. Three and a half receptions uh, is just too many. So I'm going to say that Sammy Watkins has a quiet game. I will go under three and a half receptions for him.
1: Love it. And I will stay on that, uh, on the other side of the ball, on the Antonio Brown side of the ball, and go with Leonard Fournette over three and a half receptions. I I think this one just comes down to what, who is your pass catching back on this team? It is clearly Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones has not been tar- featured whatsoever as a third down back. While Fournette has seen 13, sorry, 17 targets just in the playoffs alone. Now, mind you, these are all three games in which they won quite handily. They scored 30 plus points. They won by eight. They won by 10 and they won by five. They never really tra- trailed for any considerable amount of time, if at all. So, Going up against Kansas City in the event that they are trailing, I think Leonard Fournette, who has more than three receptions in all three of those games, four-plus in all of those games, uh, is a really strong bet over three and a half. Matt, I know earlier in the show you said you like some reception props for running backs, so take a minute here to talk about them.
2: I, I don't have anything else to add there. That's exactly why I Oh, you were like... on
1: Fournette, okay.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. You hit on all the major points that I was going to touch on, so that is that is exactly why.
1: Ben, anything
3: else for this one? No, I think the other aspect is, you know, these games, there's ebbs and flows. Live betting, you know, if you see something going on in the game and, and something changes, they're getting a ton of pressure on Mahomes. These little things can make all the difference. And obviously, we have a three-hour blockbuster show this Sunday, breaking down everything on the showdown side, getting into some more prop plays as these lines move. Uh, we can look to take advantage as more news comes out. So I'm excited to get to it. It's going to be a great game. I, I really have all the Super Bowls. In recent memory, I I think I'm most excited for this one.
1: I'm also very excited for this. And I have one thing to close us out. And then Matt, if you have any closing words on these bets, any other uh, final thoughts, the Tom Brady first quarter trend through nine Super Bowls, we actually have a sample on him in the Super Bowl, which is crazy, is pretty dramatic. They have scored zero points in eight of nine games in the first quarter that he has played. They have less than, or they have three points in one of them, no more than that in any of them. They have either been tied in five or trailed in four. They've never led. They have scored three points, and that was against the Eagles. They were down 9-3 after the first quarter. The average first quarter total, f- actual total, in Patriots games with Tom Brady and the Super Bowl, nine of them, is three points, not for them, but for both teams, it's three points. So there are some interesting long shot bets out there. Will any quarter be scoreless? It's like plus 600. Uh, will the Bucks have a first down on their first drive? I actually have no on that one. There are a few ways that if you buy into this, you can attack it. If you don't, stay far away from it. But it's a really interesting one when you've got nine games to evaluate. Matt, anything else?
2: Yeah, to your point on that, if you if you don't even want to attack it right away, say you're just a little hesitant, if it happens to Ben's credit, that's a great situation to lie bet something sure. like the over. You're gonna shave off a couple yep. points there and then you didn't necessarily miss out on it. You're taking advantage of something that maybe you didn't believe right away, but it came to fruition and you can capitalize on it.
1: Absolutely. Not to mention, if it comes in zero, zero. Uh, after a 3-0 or 3-3 at the end of the first quarter. uh, Live betting that the the total, which is going to come down a ton, uh, could be an interesting spot because we've seen explosive second halves and second quarters in a lot of these Super Bowls. Anyway... That'll do it for us, guys. Thanks for hanging out, as always. We'll be back with you tomorrow for more of a Super Bowl breakdown, DFS, of course, and then a three-hour marathon show. All three of us will be here. Alex will be here, Spags and Josh. We got the whole crew together. Greg will be here three hours on Sunday leading you up to the Super Bowl. So we hope you join us. More betting, more DFS content here at awesomeo.com.